Javen's friend Kale is pretty freaked out when she gets a message from an unexpected source. But the threat coming is bigger than anything Javen's faced before. Will the Forgotten Valley be safe? Welcome to another exciting adventure in the Story Forest, bringing moments of imagination and peace to your family with our exciting original tales. Written by Anna Roberts and read by her favourite storyteller in the world, her mother, Pam McNaughton. Javen and the Dragon, The Forest Fights there was a sound outside. Javen stupidly wondered if it was still his dream. But it happened again and again. And so Javen rolled out of bed and went out the door. In the beginning of the dawn light stood Kale, resolutely throwing stones at his wall. Hello, sleepyhead, she said, obviously trying to be normal but Javen could see that something was wrong. Her face was pale and drawn, and, of course, she'd woken him up before the morning. "'What has happened?' he asked, his body a mixture of heightened readiness to call Tangera the dragon and a steep sleepiness that was strongly pulling him back towards his bed. "'You won't believe me?' Her voice cracked a little. Javen shook his head. I will. If anyone will, I will. Through his adventures, Javen's eyes had been opened to strange things that other people would not believe. Kale was right to come to him, and she knew it. She sighed. Fine. I got up early this morning to go and pick mushrooms. I went into the West Woods. The moon was shining, and I picked a basket full of mushrooms. I was almost ready to go. And then... And then... And then a mushroom spoke to me, she said the last sentence very quietly, as though she didn't really want to say it at all. What did it say? Javen asked. Kale looked at him as though relieved he hadn't laughed at her. It called out in a strange voice. It said, Beware! Beware! Danger from the West! I, I see, Javen said stupidly. And then I ran away, Kale said bluntly. I didn't even ask what the danger was. I think most people would run away if they met a talking mushroom, Javen said kindly, and sighed loudly. <sighs> We'd better go and see Granny Cavern, but not yet. Come in and have a hot drink. We'll wait for the dawn. And they did. Javen did his best to make a hot, spiced drink and sweetened it with honey. They were both tired and didn't speak much. When Dad came into the kitchen, ready to go and milk the cows, he raised his eyebrows at Kale. From the look she gave Javen, Javen knew she didn't want him to share about the talking mushroom. We're going to see Granny Cavern, Javen said, and Dad nodded. He trusted Javen, 
and there were many reasons to go and see Granny Cavern. When Dad had gone, Javen and Kale too started up the twisting, uphill path to the mountain and to Granny's cavern. They saw some of the night creatures going back to their homes, and the moon was still fading in the sky. The air felt fresh and cold. They came upon Granny Cavern before they got to her cave. She was standing barefoot in the dew, sniffing at the air with a basket full of freshly picked herbs. She surveyed them, clearly not at all surprised to see them. What is it? Granny Cavern could be quite sharp sometimes, but everyone was used to it. I saw a mushroom, Kale said, no stranger, to talking plainly herself. It spoke to me. It warned me of danger from the west. Hmm, Granny Cavern said, then turned around and stopped towards the cavern, calling behind her. Come inside for some toast. When they were sat by the fire, which was already crackling, and beginning to toast their thickly sliced bread over the flames, Kale told Granny everything. What are you doing here then? she said at the end. There's danger in the West. This isn't the West, and I'm clearly not the danger. Javen and Kale looked at each other. Well, Granny... Should mushrooms talk? Javen said, carefully. Granny huffed. If they want to, Javen, I hope you said thank you. Mushrooms don't have to warn us, you know. They're probably not even in danger. No, they will have heard about the river spirit and the dragon caller. Javen reached for another piece of bread, and Granny batted his hand away. No time, Javen. Go west. Look for the danger. She looked straight at Kale. Take her, too. When they were out of the cave, Javen was pondering that last bit. Take Kale. But he had to get there as quickly as possible, too, which was definitely on on Tangera's back. But then how would Kale get there? Javen walked up to the platform, where he often met the dragon, and motioned Kale to stand back. He threw back his head and called out the strange cry of the dragon callers, and moments later the imposing form of Tangera started to swirl and swoop towards them. She landed gracefully. Dragon boy. Tangera's voice was affectionate, and Javen stroked her shoulder. He spoke to the dragon in hushed tones and told her everything that had happened. When he told her about the speaking mushroom, the dragon bowed her head. The mushrooms only stir if it is serious. We must go, Javen. Kale is here, Javen said, the words catching in his throat a little. Somehow it felt strange, asking Tangera to carry his friend too. There is room on my back. I am strong. She is a good friend. Javen felt relieved and called Kale forward. She looked more than a little terrified. Javen showed her how to place her feet to climb onto Tangera's back. Kale looked at the dragon's face and bowed low. Tangera lowered her head and then Kale climbed up. She sat behind Javen and held on tight, sitting stiffly as Tangera started to fly. 
Javen could tell she was being gentle for Kale's sake, as they didn't whirl and climb as usual, but glided around the valley to the west. From the sky there was no sign of anything wrong. The villagers were starting to go about their business, and the animals were in the fields, and the river flowed peacefully. Let's go to the woods, Javen called, and Tangera adjusted her path, and they swooped down until Tangera spotted a large clearing, and they came slowly in to land. When you looked into the woods, they were dark and damp, perfect for mushrooms, and maybe the mushrooms had more information. Javen and Kale began to search on fallen trees and under roots, but they couldn't find anything. The mushrooms had disappeared. They got back to the clearing and Tangera looked serious. If they are gone, the threat is big. We must hurry. They decided to take to the sky again and survey the area more closely. Kale climbed on a little more confidently this time. They swooped over the forest, scanning each tree and glade and pathway. They came to the edge of the forest, where it climbed up the side of the western mountains. I smell fire. Javen whispered to Kale as Tangera changed direction to follow her nose. Moments later they saw smoke rising from the forest. Javen frowned. A fire would devastate the forest and the living of many creatures in the valley and it would be terrible for the village as well. They might not survive. A terrible threat indeed. But as they flew towards it, they realised the fire wasn't spreading. Without saying anything, Tangera went low and landed in a clearing. It was a tight fit. The human slid off her back. Better they don't see a dragon, perhaps. Javen nodded and glanced sideways at Kale. She nodded. They began to move through the trees, toward the smell of smoke, which even they could smell now. I won't be far, Javen boy. Kale moved much more quietly than Javen. He tried to tread softly, but often his feet snapped or crunched or swished something as they landed. They weren't far from the fire. Javen began to hear crackling and the sounds of voices, lots of voices. And then suddenly he could see ahead of him and he ducked behind a tree, crouched down and watched and listened. Kale, to his side, had done the same. Around the fire were a horde of men dressed in black and dark brown, with thick beards, pale skin and swords and daggers strapped to them. Javen's heart sank. There were far more of them than his village could ever hope to defend themselves against. And then one man, bigger and more heavily armed than any of the others, stepped out in front of the fire. Around his head he wore a crown made of black leather and studded with iron pieces. The rumours were true, he called out to his men, who stomped their feet and called out coarse cheers. I, the bandit king, have found the Forgotten Valley. Here we can rest and retreat in the safety of the Seven Mountains. The land is rich, the ground is full of food, and the village is easy pickings. 
We'll keep some of the women to bake our bread, and we will build a fortress to withstand the king himself. They say the dragons fly overhead. Good. If they live, they can protect us too. If they are gone, we will raid their caves for treasure. Nothing will stop the bandits and the bandit king. And then the bandits got to their feet, and one of them to the side took out a sort of horn and blasted out notes, and the bandits did a stomping dance around the fire. It was horrible to see somehow. It finally ended. The bandit king held out his hands for silence. We have a visitor, I am told. Javen felt a chill down his back. Bring him! And then two sets of large, rough hands grabbed him from behind. He looked sideways, panicked, but Kale was gone. He was brought in front of the fire, and the bandit king looked him up and down. You'll never win, Javen said, thinking fast. We have two hundred strong warriors in our village, and a hundred more when we send out a message. The bandit king laughed and all the others laughed along with him. Even if you told the truth, boy, and I doubt that you do, it would not trouble me. See? He lifted his hand to his head and plucked out a piece of iron from the crown and threw it onto the ground. Where it fell, up sprang a warrior, dressed and ready for battle. He growled at Javen, whose eyes lifted up to the crown again. It was completely covered in iron pieces. There were hundreds and hundreds. As though to prove a point, the bandit king grabbed two more and threw them to the ground. Come, boy, gave Javen a horrible smile. Come and watch your village burn. He called out louder to the bandits. Through the forest! We'll take them by surprise, Tyre! They all called out after him. Hiya! One of the bandits tied ropes around Javen's wrists and dragged him along behind. Though Javen wriggled, he was too tightly held to get free, and he had to concentrate not to be pulled over or crashed into trees. When he finally got into a rhythm, he heard something. Javen boy, I am above. Kale is with me. Javen felt a small amount of relief. They were safe. I cannot attack with fire, or I would burn the forest. I cannot dive in, as the trees are too close. Javen felt a spike of frustration. How could the dragon caller be walking toward the village in the middle of a group of bandits and be completely unable to do anything at all? The bandits stopped right on the edge of the forest. Tangera would be able to attack there, but she couldn't fight all of the bandits at once. Many of them would spill into the village, and no one would even be ready. Perhaps he could change that. He drew in a deep breath. He only had one chance, and he shouted, Warn them! The bandit in front of him tugged to the rope sharply, and Javen stumbled. We're going. I trust you, Javen, and remember the mushrooms. You are not alone. 
Javon was glad they were going, but also felt bereft without Tangera's voice in his head. He wasn't alone, of course he wasn't. He was surrounded by bandits. But he had a feeling Tangera meant something different. The mushrooms were gone, but they had warned him. Words that the river spirit had spoken to him came back. There are lots of us magical folk in the Forgotten Valley, she had said. His heart started to race. If the mushrooms could speak, who was to say the trees could not? If the river spirit could rise in offence at the burnt food, might the forest itself not help to keep out intruders? Javen's arms were tied. To call the river spirit, they had needed an offering, and a button had done the trick. As he was dragged forward, Javen bent to his shoulder and used his mouth to work away and wrench a button from his coat. He spat it at the root of the tree and then used his dragon-caller voice. Come, western woods, the forgotten valley is in danger. I, the dragon-caller, call you. Birch and Rowan and Aspen, Willow and Alder, the bandits will burn you. Protect yourselves. Protect the valley. At first, nothing happened except another sharp tug on the rope around his wrists. But then things began to shift. The outline of the trees seemed blurry to Javen, as though they were there and not really there. And then the shouts began. Bandits all around them were being tripped up by the roots or knocked over by branches. Javen's heart almost burst with relief. He heard a bird screech as it flew away, presumably from a moving tree. And another idea came into his head. He called out again. Come, birds! Come, crows and owls, pigeons and all! The bandits will destroy your nests and eat your eggs. They won't feed you as the villagers do. Come, peck, fly, help us! And soon there was a blurring of wings and more shouts from the bandits. But still ahead of them, the Javen could see the bandit king running tirelessly, batting away anything that came towards him and throwing down shards of iron that sprang into more and more bandits. He began to call to anything he saw, anything he could think of. Moss started to grow up bandits' legs. Foxes jumped at them through the trees. A stag thrust with its antlers. Squirrels and mice swarmed up their legs. Finally, the numbers of bandits were thinning. But still they ran, and still they came closer and closer to the village. Javen twisted his head around. There were still thirty of them, enough to do damage, and the bandit king still had that terrible crown. But there wasn't time to do anything more about it, for suddenly they were out of the trees. Javen blinked in the sun and at what met his eyes. The villagers, armed, stood together and let loose arrows at the bandits. Kale and Tangera stood together and the floor was ankle-deep in water. Javen felt a tug. The bandit holding him was suddenly felled by an arrow and with the release of his grip, Javen managed to wriggle his hands free. As the bandits squared for battle and the bandit king reached up to his crown once more, Javen darted forward with a leap 
and plucked it from his head, throwing it high in the air and shouting, Tangera! The dragon met his call with a steady burst of flame, burning the crown until there was nothing left. The bandit king froze momentarily, but then lifted up his sword to the sky and shouted again, Hiya! The remaining bandits grouped behind him and repeated his call and stormed forward, but Tangera swooped in with a massive burst of flames and they retreated. Behind them the forest stirred and creaked. The bandits were trapped. They stopped and the bandit king raised his hands. We surrender, he said simply. The villagers did not lower their weapons. Bandits were untrustworthy. Javen got to his feet and went to stand in front of the villagers. He was bruised and his clothes were torn from his march through the woods, but he stood tall. You must leave the Forgotten Valley, he said, looking straight at the bandit king, and you must never tell anyone of what you saw here. Promise now, in front of the trees and the birds. Javen saw something out of the corner of his eye and smiled. And the mushrooms. They will hold you to your promise. The mushrooms were back. The bandit king and the others promised grudgingly. Javen wasn't sure how they were going to get rid of them, but Kale led everyone to the river, where she had folded boats from the magic paper she had stolen from the troll. The river spirit was there and inclined her head to Javen. I will push them far, far away. The bandits had no choice but to climb into the boats, and they were quickly speeding down the river, followed by the shouts of the villagers. Javen blinked and looked around him. The water on the ground was draining back into the river. That was the vicar, Kale said. He asked the river spirit to flood us again so that Tangera could attack without setting things on fire. Clever, wasn't it? Javen felt altogether overwhelmed. He leaned back onto Tangera, whose warm side comforted him. It was over. The bandits were gone. Kale looked at him with a smile. I'm pretty sure the villagers will want to celebrate. But if you want to go, I could always say you were doing important dragon-caller business. Javen smiled gratefully. Thanks, Kale. They both knew he wasn't just saying thanks for that small thing, but for everything on this big day. Javen climbed on Tangera's back and they swooped off into the sky, flying high, silently for a while. Javen looked for the boats carrying the bandits, but they were already out of sight. The forest will get rid of the other bandits. Javen, who hadn't even thought of them, nevertheless felt a surge of relief. Finally, as the sky began to grow dark, Tangera landed on their landing stage on the mountain, and Javen climbed down and said goodnight. As he got to Granny Cavern's doorway, he heard voices from inside. He poked his head in, and there were Granny Cavern and Dad, cooking sausages on the fire. Come in, lad, Dad said and Javen went into the warmth. He did well today, didn't he, Granny? Dad continued with a twinkle in his eye. A grudging smile appeared on Granny Cavern's face. 
He did that. Now come and eat some sausages. The end. Thanks for listening. If you could make anything appear by throwing down a tiny piece of paper, what would it be? If you could speak to something in the forest, what would you choose? Plus, you can support the story for us by checking out our Etsy shop and getting some activities for your kids to do. Just click the link in the episode description to see this and more. Javen will be back for another adventure next week, but until then, why not check out the Dashaway Detectives, where Diggory, Douglas and Dora solve crimes from their caravan. <laughs>